All right, welcome back to Eat Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins. Today I have with me Joe Hammerly of Average Joe's Podcast. Say hey, Joe. How's it going? Good. Um, you have the esteemed pleasure of being my first guest. This is awesome. Or... <laughs> so Joe and I met like 10, 12 years ago. Oh, at least 15. Yeah, or maybe just over one year ago. I'm not sure which is the truth there. Yeah, that's when I lived um, here. But Joe... Yeah, yeah. So Joe uh, is one of the uh, backers that I met uh, from running my Kickstarter for Fences, and Joe back to be drawn into the game. I believe you mispronounced the title of that. It's called The Epic Game of Fences. (laughs) It's definitely something. Uh, Yeah, we had a good time. We uh, met by chance at Geekway down in St. Louis. Yes. First person to ever ask me to sign anything. <laughs> well, the first of hopefully many. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep hoping about that. I'll just keep signing stuff for you. There you go. There you go. Of the of the exclusive Joe Hammerly signed editions of everything. There we go. All right. So, Joe, the... Quick two questions. Who are you and what do you do for the gaming community? All right. Well, I'm Joe, so uh, I go by The Average Joe. Um, I created a podcast about three years ago or so. Um, I run a YouTube channel. I organize a game group. I've got my podcast. I do public events that I raise money for charity. And I'll be opening up a game store for the community uh, this coming summer. Excellent. And you are out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So nowhere close to St. Louis, Missouri. No, but you know, it's a hop, skip and a jump. I think it's like about eight and a half hour drive. Yeah, that's uh, more than uh, more than a hop, skip and a jump. But OK, well, I get confused. Maybe a hop, skip and a leap. There we go. All right. So how did you get into gaming? Well, uh, so that was my grandparents doing on my dad's side. So they were pretty much my best friends. And they also liked board games. So my grandpa got me into a game called Caroms, which is a wooden board with four nets in the corners. Yeah. And you'll flick these uh, circle. Uh, so they've, they've got wooden pieces. They've got plastic pieces. Just depends on what kind of version you have. So we used sure, to play like all rings. the time. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. My grandma... She loved card games and board games, and so we played Double Solitaire quite a bit, um, but the the board game that sticks out in my mind was the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> like, based, <laughs> like based on the movie? Yep, based on the movie. So there was a cartoon around the same time, and so my my grandma was cool, and so that's that's what we played is we played games like that and she got my me the the first my first board game which I still have which is uh X-Men uh Danger Room something like that it's uh from Pressman Games back in the the early 90s and so you'll have these these actual miniatures of the X-Men and uh you'll you'll try to clear out the mansion so things like that. That's, yeah, it was that's that's who got me into gaming. And then about uh, 10 years or so ago, a buddy of mine, Mark, he lived here at the time. He introduced me that, hey, you like board games, but did you know that there's this is a hobby? <laughs> 
And he took me over to a local game store, which I didn't know existed because I'm like my head's in, in the ground, basically. And uh, yeah, it was basically a gateway at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had that. So I was kind of the same. I played a lot of Monopoly, a lot of uh, I mean, Monopoly was like my go to for a long time. And then my friend got Axis and Allies and man, we would stay up all hours of the night playing Axis and Allies and then, you know, in college, still played those games a lot, a little, you know, a lot of bit of risk in there, too. And then uh, somebody, I think it was my cousin, introduced me to Catan, and it was like, wow, this is great. And then once I found out it was like actually, like you said, a hobby, like it's a thing. It's not just these one or two. It's a whole thing. It was pretty much all over for me at that point. Yeah, I think at this point, it's not much of a hobby for me anymore. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, so I was going to say, it's more of a lifestyle by now. So um, I don't, I don't want to ask you what your favorite game is, because I, I feel like asking a gamer what their favorite game is, is, is hard. Uh, oh, it's because, extremely hard, because you have so many different it, uh, genres. You've got game elements that you like. So it's that's like the worst question you could ask somebody, because especially like right. me, I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I know I have top games um sure. but a favorite i mean that's asking me to pick a favorite kid <laughs> well that's easy i only have two so so it's know, the first born huh yeah it's it's definitely <laughs> <laughs> i have my favorite son and my favorite daughter uh or does i, I can say it as parents right yeah i can cheat that way uh so i guess the question i really would rather ask is what game is out on your table if i come over right now what, oh, what game man. are you obsessed with at this time? <laughs> so that's that's a bad question too, because uh, so I have I have my game room that I take mm-hmm. a lot of pride in, and I have I've several tables in here, and uh, <laughs> you will <laughs> you will never find a game set up. Uh, what you will find are dice. <laughs> I always have. Yes, dice. I remember that. Yes. Yeah, so um, way I usually typically do it is. Whoever comes over, I always ask them, what are you in the mood for? And then we grab a game. So, like, I always have my general idea of what I'm always up for playing. But it it really kind of depends on who's coming over. So, like, if you were coming over, obviously you would find fences on the table. (laughs) (laughs) I've played that a few times. Yes. And that is the thing. I would actually, I would really enjoy just sitting down and playing with the creator of fences. I think that'd be really cool. No, we'll definitely have to work that out. Definitely have to work that out. Yeah, I, I understand. I, I don't have a, a game room right now. I have a dining room table that I cover with games till my wife makes me put them away so we can eat dinner, which apparently we have to do every day. Oh, you know, eating is not necessary when board games are involved. Yeah, I, you know, I was at Miniature Market, which is a store here in St. Louis. I'm sure you're aware of them. I am. I'm a longtime customer. <laughs> they, they actually have a sign in there game area says something along the lines of don't you know don't let the gaming stop and it's a list of places that will deliver food to miniature market for you oh wow (laughs) it's always a good a good thing to uh to look up and be like oh yeah i can get the pizza from here or the burger from there you don't have to stop gaming that's the way to do it so how do you board game at lunch Okay, so I do not, and the, the only reason why I do not is because I don't take breaks during the day. I have too much work on my plate. That's a shame. It is. Um, 
back in the day when I actually had lunch breaks, I would totally love to have played a game. Um, at that time, I didn't know anybody in the hobby, so it was just me sitting at a table by myself having my lunch. Nowadays, you know, in the last 15 years, I haven't had a lunch break ever. <laughs> uh, I, I rarely stop during the day, and that's that's what I do. So on the weekends, though, my weekends consist heavily of either playing games or just kind of hanging out in the game room and being surrounded by games. So sometimes I only have a good 15, 20 minutes to actually play a game on a weekend. Other weekends yeah. I play for eight to 10 hours. No, I, I get it. Um, like I, you know, we talked earlier this week, uh, was doing some what I like to call research, you know, playing a game I haven't played in a while to remind myself how great it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that. But yeah, so we uh, at work, it was funny. I started playing uh, with a couple co-workers and then other people kind of we, we booked a conference room and they would poke their it's other people would poke their heads in like, what are you guys doing? And then they would sit in and learn to play. And then somebody else would be like, Hey, where'd so-and-so go? And then they would find their way to the conference room. And then all of a sudden people from other divisions in my building were like, wait, you guys are playing board games. And the next thing I know, we went <laughs> from three, three or four people to, we had, like I said, a thriving uh, community within my building on campus. And then we even went beyond that. And now every Friday, you know, pre COVID, we would go meet at the centralized dining facility on campus and meet with people from other buildings even and play games with them as well. That's nuts. That's, that's impressive. Uh, where I work, we don't really have that option. So I manage a garbage company. And so if I'm in the office, I'm usually working on the computer. And if I'm not in the office, I'm in a truck. So it, basically I'm surrounded by myself. Man, that's, that's a horrible company right there. <laughs> Wow! Don't you be stuck just don't 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 hold back. Just let me have it. I wanna, hey, I wouldn't want to be stuck in a truck by myself with just me, man. You I know how I can be. How entertained you can be by yourself. <laughs> so, what is your go-to thirty-minute game? If you've only got thirty minutes, what game are you going to knock out? All right, so I'm going to say it, uh, and I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for it. Uh, it's Splendor. You know, Splendor is. A, I like Splendor. Um, there's a I, lot of haters, I, though. There, there is a lot of hate, and it's I think people hate it because it's just a giant math problem. Yep. And, and if you get the people who've played it too much, like a couple of the people I work with, then it's not a lot of fun because they know the math and they will run the game. They'll yep. just completely take it over. I love math, um, but I do not play this game as a math game. I, I like it for the engine building. Yeah. And that's, I always take the long road and I build that (laughs) engine. I basically, I make it so I don't have to take coins ever (laughs) and I can just take a free card as soon as I'm available to. I I like the game a lot and I've never really worked. I haven't played it enough to work the math out in it, but I'm really good at coming in. Like, you know, if we would have had two more turns, I'd have had it. Yep. I'm that guy. I'm the guy that never wins, but I'm always right there. So I love but, this game, yeah. but there there is a broken tactic 
Um, I've, I, I cannot bring myself to do it, but there is a way of doing it and you can win with very few cards. And, uh, I, I played with a guy and I could not beat him. We played twice. It's the first time he ever played it. And he just, he found it and he was, he was brilliant about it. And then Tom, my co-host tried it down at Geekway and he's like, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I do it. And he did it. And again, I could not beat him. And it is is just a way of you basically save for a higher card. And then you just do that just a few times. And by the time someone has their engine built, you basically beat them two turns earlier by doing it that way. And I just, I can't wrap my head around. I mean, I can, I can see it in my head. I just can't bring myself to doing it because to me, if I did that, it would ruin the game for me. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I like the, the engine building part of it. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, have you dabbled with the expansion? I have. Um, I'm actually not a huge fan of the expansions. Um, there's a couple that I do enjoy. Um, I'm trying to think. It's the cities. I, I didn't mind the cities, but I, I thought that one was kind of unnecessary. Um, and then there was the strongholds. And I believe that's where you basically block off cards for people and you can sit on cards. I was not a fan of that one. Uh, I think it was, if I recall, it was like the Orient or something. It added another marketplace row or two rows, something yeah. like that. I yes. liked that. Um, and then, or no, I think I like Strongholds that. was, uh, there was one with shields. There's like four different shields or yeah. something like that. I enjoyed that one. Because it added different. Yeah, I enjoyed those other. Those are the only two I played. I haven't played the other two. Um, but the one where you put in a marker on a card to basically hold it, or make somebody use an action to kick you off of that. I was not a fan of that one. And the cities just I, seemed unnecessary. <laughs> I remember reading in uh, one of the you know nerd gaming magazines when that came out, and then you know finding like this thread on Reddit or something about it, and all the hate for it, like. Why would you mess with a perfect game? <laughs> and and my, my number one thought was, then don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. well, and that's the thing is, I was on the fence for quite some time about, oh, should I get it? And then I was like, well, it's $40 for an expansion. And then I started weighing it out. I was like, but it's basically $10 an expansion. You're getting four expansions. It's when you start rationalizing with yourself is when you know you have a problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I talked myself into buying it. Um, the only problem I was like, I was like, I'm weighing things out. And it's like, but the problem is, is if I was buying each expansion, I'd probably buy them all anyway, because I'm a completionist. Um, yep. <laughs> but you're, I hear you. you're giving me the option to pick which ones I want. You're you're forcing me to buy all four for that $40. Yeah, and so you gave me two junk expansions, and you gave me two good expansions, and so eh, it worked out, I guess. And then you you redid it by releasing the Marvel version of Splendor, which I have because I I'm a freak and I had to have it. But on the other hand, I still haven't played it, and apparently there's yeah, a your shelf mechanic. of shame is huge. Yeah, your shelf of shame is large. Oh yeah, uh, so I have, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even have them all into Board Game Geek. I think I've got about 1,400 games, and I have only played about 10% of that. That's, un- and, that's unfortunate. And, and here's why, is because I 
I am the guy that always is willing to play someone else's game to help them out. And so I let mine take the back burner. And it's like, oh, I'd really like to play this game. And then you got a buddy that brings over a game or a bag of games or two bags of games. And it's like, well, yeah, we can play yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, you know, that's the advantage. I, I tend to be the guy with the games, which is, I say the advantage, but don't, you know, to my wife, that's not an advantage. Yep. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, yeah, my shelf of shame is kind of low. I try to keep it low. Um and here lately I've been really picky about what I pick up and what I don't pick up. And that's kept it, you know, even lower. Cause I am like, well, if I'm going to spend money, I'm going to play it. That's where print and plays get me though. Oh, oh it's, yeah. only, it's only $3. And you know, I've got, I literally have a whole folder on a, my, my hard drive now of print and plays I've downloaded that I haven't even printed off. I've got a folder sitting here right next to me of ones I've printed off and haven't cut out. So just wait until you know. get the hard drive for your printing place. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying not to get to that point, but yeah, like if I kind of those into my shelf of shame, man, I'd be up there. So micro game, a game that takes less than 15, 20 minutes. All right. So I don't know if you're familiar with them, but uh, from perplexed, the Paco games, they're like a pack of gum but a game. No. Okay. So they came out with, uh, I think it was 16 of these games. Let's see here. I had, like I said, completionist had to get the entire series, both one and two. And then the special little, uh, neoprene cases (laughs) that they all came in. Brother. Oh boy. I might have an issue. I don't know. I, you (laughs) might, But anyway, like in the first series, uh, the games include Hue, which is, uh, uh, and all these are card games. And so they are basically the size of a stick of gum, the cards. And then on the, the side of the game, it'll tell you the complexity of the game. So it'll be a dice face or a die face. You'll have a one for a casual game, a two for intermediate and a three for challenging. And then also, <laughs> it uh, helps the completionists out because they are numbered in the series, <laughs> which game you have. Oh boy! But I love these games. They're they're quick. They they belong in your pocket. That's uh, that's why they call them Paco games. Um, actually, Miniature Market I believe has these. So you know, if you want to pick them up tomorrow, um, so I most of these games you can learn in in about two to five minutes. And you can play them within 10 minutes. And they, they range from uh, so like Hue, TKO, which is a boxing game for two players. Um, Gem is a, uh, a auction game. Fly is you have a fly swatter. And, uh, and you're flipping over cards. And as soon as you see the fly, you're supposed to swat the table. Tie, <laughs> which is a rug of war game, kind of like tug of war. Uh, lie is basically liar's dice without the dice. Um, and then you're just lying. Yes. Uh, you've got a word game. <laughs> uh, you've got bus, which is actually kind of cool. Uh, the, the cards, which again are, are the size of, of a stick of gum. Uh, you have these cards that are streets and you've got two sided streets and you are trying to, 
um, set them up so that way you can have a bus route. Um, there's Dig, there's Rum, Jim, Orc, Box, Spy, So, and Boo. And those are the 16 that they have. <laughs> but I love these games. They're, they're quick. You can, you can actually put one whole series in your pocket with the case. Um, or you could just take one and just put one in your pocket. Uh, just remember, it's not gum. So don't chew it. Uh, right. It's like, it's like when we play the mint games. Oh, mint yeah. Cooperative and mint works. Like, don't eat the mints. They do look like Altoids, but they are not Altoids. Yeah. That's just like the uh, the joke of Wingspan. It's like you have those Cadbury eggs out there. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> are you serious? You're going to put Cadbury <laughs> eggs as a joke out there while you're playing with plastic eggs that look yeah. like Cadbury eggs. Just the same. Just All right. the same. Yeah, when you bite down, it's not. <laughs> one tastes good, one breaks your teeth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, might still be the Cadbury egg. <laughs> so, for a hidden gem game or a guilty pleasure game. All right, so I actually I have one of each. Uh, my hidden gem Uh-oh. game is, is Couriers. Um, not a lot of people really look at Quarriers because it's an older game, uh, but it's it's loaded with dice. It is the precursor yeah. to Dice Masters. It's kind of what what set that that runway for it. Um, but it's it's fantasy themed, and it's 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 got a lot of comedy in. I mean, it's kind of Knights of the Dinner Table type comedy. It's uh, a little tongue in cheek. Everything is Q for starting with words, uh, hence the name Quarriers instead of Warriors. Um, you know your currency in it is quiddity. Uh, it's it's got a lot of weird, funny monsters. I've they've got I think three or four expansions for it, and then they have a Light versus Dark, which is a standalone or an expansion. I absolutely love that. Uh, that is one of my first games when I got introduced into the hobby and, and I just fell in love with it. And it's one of those games that uh, if anyone ever says you want to pick a game, that's probably one of, if, if they like dice, that is probably one I will go with uh, a guilty pleasure game. Again, <laughs> there's going to be comments. <laughs> Munchkin. I, I love Munchkin. There's so many different themes of Munchkin. Um, we constantly get sucked in anytime they have promos or just little packs, all of the different little expansions, the the trackers, all that stuff. Um, the playmats, <laughs> we go all in. Um, oh it's, man, honey humor, we like it, even though it's you know it's it's Munchkin, but we love it. Uh, my we don't get to play it enough and that is one of my guilty pleasures and anytime i usually say munchkin i get these looks like really munchkin munchkin's a game that um i like it but it's one that we try to play at work a couple different times and you just it just does not get done in an hour oh, okay it's, yeah it's right up on that it takes about 75 to 80 minutes we try to get it in you know um, we had a couple people had a couple different versions. I think we had the steampunk version, the Cthulhu version. Uh, I can't remember. We had a couple other ones. Oh, we had the Axe Cop version. Okay. Yep. Uh, but uh, 
yeah, we just one that I I wish I could play it more, but it's not one that uh, I I see or I get a lot of uh, exposure to. So it's it, it that game, in my opinion, is really on who you play it with. If they can really get oh, sure. into it, I mean, you're basically role playing at that point because you've taken on this persona of this Munchkin character. And you're kicking down that door and finding out that there's a, a gazebo on the other side just looking at killing you. And then you're just like, I'm a level one with bare feet. Uh, and this is a level 10 gazebo. Uh, does anyone want to help? No? Okay, you're going to kill me? Cool, thanks. <laughs> yeah, they just sit there and wait. Well, I, I think the only reason, the other thing I don't like is the couple times I have finished playing it is it's always a person in second place that wins. Because the first, because everybody does everything they can to stop the person in the lead from winning, and the next person just walks through the door and like, right. you know, game over. And you're like, man, that was so anticlimactic. Well, and there and there's a lot of luck involved. It's a deck of cards. It's no different than than a die. Uh, you flip that card, you're going to get a level twenty monster. The next guy that needs to um, get one more level to win the game. And he, he flips over a level one monster and his armor and all this stuff is taking him to like level 50. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and add a monster, add a monster, add a monster. And we still have not even come close to denting him. So cool. You win the game, but I don't know. Whenever I play it, I have a lot of fun, but it's also one of those games that it's kind of like, Hey guys, munchkin <laughs> and then you're just like oh okay you're one of those <laughs> i got you know i got a friend that he loves it and like i said i just wish we were able to play it more so i could get more exposure to it but you know i don't have anything against it uh, other than the fact like i said the only the biggest thing i have against it is i can't get it in in an hour yep. so i feel yep. like if i could get it in in an hour i would definitely play it a lot more yeah and it's one of the, you do need three to four people, anything more than that, it can just draw out. Sure. Uh, I, I played a game before that was six people. And I think we played for like two plus hours. Yeah, that's not my, that's not my game right there, man. No. I can tell you that. So, uh, I want to get two gaming gamer questions out of the way. I forgot to ask you at the beginning. How do you pronounce the Klaus Teuber 1995 game? The settlers of, well, I believe there's only one correct answer, Adam. And right, there's, is... there's the right answer and there's the wrong answer. No, no, no. There's only one answer. <laughs> and that's Catan. Like that's right. Katana. Right, it is Catan. Uh, people say Catan. You know, my son says Catan just to tick me off. Ooh. See, like, hey, Dad, you want to play Catan? And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And see, now I believe there's two answers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And my other question, I didn't even really know that this was a point of contention until I was, you know, nerding out reading another book. But in the the wonderful game Carcassonne, do you do you have monasteries or do you have cloisters? Well, in the versions I play, they're monasteries. Right. But apparently in the original game, they're cloisters and they it's actually like this giant point of contention. It's like to let you know how long you've been playing the game is if you call them cloisters or monasteries. See, I feel like they should just go back to that because, I mean, cloister, it just sounds way cooler. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I know that you're a big fan of Carcassonne. Uh, oh, so I am I. Game. 
Oh my god, the amount of money I can spend on that game is, is insane. I'm going to ask you a question. Shoot. What is your favorite version of Carcassonne? Favorite version? Like, with what do I like to throw into the bag for drawing? No, I mean, like, the, the different versions, like Amazona or the oh, um, Gold so- Rush... <laughs> I've only I've only played a couple. I've played Gold Rush and the Amazon one. Um, I like the I like the Gold Rush one a lot. I think that's a fun addition. Um, but just good old fashioned Carcassonne with about two or three expansions in there to me is just the way to go. Okay, I I, I like that. Uh, I'm a big fan of the original, uh, but I found that the Amazon one. I just there was something about it that was different enough that it that it really it, it hooked me and so i like the fact that you're traveling down this river yeah that's that's a good mechanic i do like that have you played the star wars one i have i can't get my hands on it but i have because <laughs> it's a billion dollars now yeah i know i spent my last billion on another thousand board games that i bought so yeah no, uh, actually, I think I, I played that originally at Geekway a couple years ago. It was in the uh, plan win. Oh, and you didn't win it? I did not win it. I'm trying to think what I did win that year. I won something else that year, uh, but it was not the Star Wars Carcassonne. I'll tell you what I won two years ago. I want a copy of Fences. <laughs> I was did super you, stoked about that. Did you, did you win it, too? <laughs> so we played uh we played it quite a few times actually and uh my wife kept asking she's like why are we playing a play to win when you we you just literally got your copy <laughs> she, she took our she took our picture yeah i know yeah <laughs> and i'm like well because it's an awesome game yeah it's and a lot of fun it is i and i i loved it and and i'm like well and I'm in it, so I mean, I kind of have to. (laughs) And I'm kind of the wins. I won, and I'm like, that's awesome. (laughs) Actually, that year I won um, Crusaders. I shall be done. Okay, and that that game is fantastic. I love Geekway. I love how they do that stuff. I like the fact that the if you already won a game, then then that's the game you won, and they're going to pick someone else. I I like the fact that they spread that love. No, it's and it's a lot of love to spread. It's like a 360 games or something like that they give away every year. So, oh wow, yeah, that's that's a lot. So my last question here, I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Uh, are you a Kickstarter backer, creator, both? So I'm a backer. A <laughs> uh, I believe the the label they gave me was super backer. <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly is. Uh, I didn't realize that was a thing until I hit a uh, point. <laughs> I believe it's uh, 20 in a year at $20 or more. See, I did not know that. Um, and I, I just could be wrong, and I'm sure the listeners will let us know. Well, yeah, it's uh, I, I hit a point, um, and the next time I logged in, it said super backer. And I was like, oh, that's new. <laughs> Hopefully my wife doesn't log in and see that. <laughs> Yeah, I follow you on uh, Kickstarter, so I get the uh, email that Joe backed this, and I'm like, "Gosh, Joe!" Oh, now so I you're, go look you're at on it. the uh, Tom pool on that because he absolutely hates the fact that he gets emails still. 
I get the email, and I'm like, what did he back now? And I have to go look at it. Then I have to decide, do I back it too? And, you yeah. know, it's, do it's I back mess. this, or is this complete garbage? What is he doing? <laughs> Sometimes I do reach out to him, like, Joe, why are you back at this? Oh, because it's you're, amazing. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, hey, you got blinders on. Cool. I hope you enjoy that game that you never will get. Just like uh, Jumanji. Jumanji? Oh, you didn't see that? No. Oh, that uh, was a very, very awful experience. Uh, they did a replica version of the movie prop. Oh, and no. uh, it was very convincing. But uh, total scam. About oh. uh, 350 bucks. But it's like, no, oh, all right. <laughs> you got me. Oh, man. But on that uh, one, I asked permission for my wife if it was okay. And she gave me the green light. And so I still feel bad. But on the other hand, it's like, you know, I guess, whatever. They, they she's got me. never giving you the green light again. No, Well, on things like that, I mean, anything really over $100, I like to talk to my wife. I mean, it's yeah, a partnership. Sure. But uh, even though, I mean, I'm I'm kind of the, the guy that pays for everything. <laughs> I still like to have her input. I'm a good guy. No, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the one that kind of got me this last year. And it was a bad one, but I wasn't the only one that got taken. So I don't feel so bad now. I mean, I think there was like no. another 300 people. They made, I think, uh, it was like almost 200 grand off people. Jeez. Oh, it was it was bad. And all I needed was 8,000. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't Jumanji. No, it wasn't. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, you and and I'm really hoping that you do come out with that uh, the expansion here sometime soon. It, that's yeah, really an awesome deal. The fact, like we were talking earlier with the the Splendor, you know, you got four expansions, but I mean, you had what was it ten expansions? Uh, I think so. Yeah, 10. yeah. I mean, that's just that's insane. So yeah, but so there is. Uh, Obviously, this is the time of year for for holidays. Everyone has, you know, different holiday that they they celebrate. You know, you've got Christmas, oh, and, yeah. and Hanukkah, and and um, Kwanzaa. If I'm saying that right, mm-hmm. but yep. I mean, everyone has tons of holidays. So there's a game that I think you should seek out. Go to Miniature Market, uh, <laughs> see if it's in their their library or something. Maybe you've already played it. And uh, it's one that I really enjoy. It's a it's a little bit meatier game. Okay. Worker placement. It's called Santa's Workshop. It's one that I found a few years back, and uh, I didn't hear much about it, but uh, it really is a fun game, and it's very thematic. You are playing as Santa's elves, and they are your workers, and you are placing them in different sections of his workshop. And like they have the area where the reindeers are kept and you're making toys and you're wrapping presents and you're baking cookies and, and you've got a round marker that's a Christmas tree and then you've got Santa Claus and they're all wooden pieces. I mean, it's very well done. Nice. Um, that is one that I, I would recommend you you playing during all right, the well, holiday season. I'll definitely try to uh, locate that one. And if you can't, uh, I know a guy in Sioux Falls here that uh, has a game room. Uh, it's just a hop, oh. skip, and a jump. I think, um, we, I think we established just a hop, skip, and a leap. Okay, well, you know, either way, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, it's a, that's a fun game. Um, All right. And I know you are familiar with fences, obviously. So uh, it would be really cool if you would release some kind of I don't know, like uh, uh, what do you what do you what do you call those uh, your do-it-yourselfer board games? Print and plays. Oh yeah, print it'd be really plays. cool if you did like a print and play for like a Santa expansion <laughs> for all of your awesome listeners that have a copy of Fences. You, you know, yeah, I'll see what I can do with uh, our artists, but a little short notice on that. Maybe for next year, though. Well, I'm just saying, but, I, I know a guy that has a 3D printer. <laughs> get myself a little I, Santa Claus. Do you ever uh, get the Santa expansion for a uh, Catan? I actually do. I yeah, have it. It's yep, hilarious. It's hilarious. Yes, that's uh, what I think there should be a Santa expansion for fences. There should be a Santa expansion required for every game. There could be, uh, so you should get on that. King of Tokyo, just Santa comes in, you know. Uh, well, yeah, they've got the gingerbread man. Yeah, they do. They yep. do. And I think there's yeah. a Christmas tree as well. Yeah, I was trying to think. Yes, there is. Yeah, not any of the their official like what do they call them? Like the unofficial official promos or whatever. Yeah, they're just, yeah, they're just the promos. They don't have the power ups or anything like that. It's just yeah. your your token and the the tracker and the counters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which are I mean, cool enough. They're awesome. <laughs> I, I just recently put together my uh, broken token insert for King of Tokyo because I had so many different characters. And then I, I loaded it up, and it's just a hefty box. And then I, oh, I yeah. remembered I have uh, a few different locations hidden of other promos. <laughs> oh my <laughs> so gosh. not to find those. Yeah, the uh, Broken Token box organizers are just amazing. Yeah, they, they are. I mean, like, uh, my, my King of Tokyo... I've got my King... I got King of Tokyo and King of New York, both with, both with those box organizers in... I'm able to hold all the new monster packs and the power ups and everything, so it does make them great. Oh, they are awesome! And then uh, I think the King of Tokyo one was like twenty bucks retail, so that's not oh, a bad yeah. price. No, and what it allows you to do is just fantastic. So yeah, and especially if you're at limited shelf space, that's where to do always, it. I always do. I don't have my own pool barn outside my house that I've converted into a game room. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> all right wait yeah well joe i'd like to thank you for your time and uh like i said i'd like to thank you for being the first guest on the eat lunch and board game well thanks for having me on man yeah and uh how can anybody reach out to you if they if they feel the need well i'm i'm pretty much everywhere in the uh, interwebers um i'm on instagram i'm on twitter facebook uh I think I'm even on LinkedIn. I don't even know what that is, but I'm on it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you can reach out to me on my website, uh, AverageJoe'sGamingPodcast.com, uh, or find me on Facebook. I'm always on Facebook. but uh, Or just reach out to my buddy, Adam Collins. Right, I can get you in touch. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. And that's Joe, and I will be back with another interview at the beginning of the year with Justin DeWitt, who was the designer and artist for Castle Panic. Wait, so, did you just cheat on me with another guest? I mean, I thought I was like your exclusive guest here. No. Oh, wow. Sorry you found out this way. <laughs> Well, that's awesome because I'm already listening to your show. So, I mean, I can't wait for these interviews to come out.
Yeah, and I yeah I can't either. I was really excited uh, that he agreed to be on uh, my podcast, and I love Castle Panic. Uh, it's one of my Great favorite. Game. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's my go-to co-op game, especially to introduce people to the mechanic of co-op. Is uh, is he the same one that did uh, Star Trek Panic? Or is that... Uh... Uh, it's his company, Virus... It's still Fireside, Fireside Games. Games. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, so... I gotta say Star Trek Panic's probably my favorite of the Panics. Just... I mean, the original series, the Enterprise, the fact that it takes damage. It's so cool. Oh, yeah. And the movement, how you can rotate it and oh, move yeah. it forward. Yeah, it's there's a lot going on with that. So hopefully uh, uh, I'm going to do some. Do, <clears throat> me too. I think I'm going to do some more research before I uh, have that interview. Yeah. So, well, I'm looking I, forward I to it. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So. And uh, so if you need to reach out to me, it's uh, eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com, or you can find me on Facebook as well. Until next time, guys, keep building those bridges. Average Joe's Gaming is a weekly podcast brought to you by us. I'm Joe. I'm Tom. We talk about all things game-related. In this hour-long podcast, you'll discover what has arrived in the game room, which Funko Pop Tom just could not resist, and maybe, if you're lucky, we might get around to talking about games. Might. Tune in weekly. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast formats. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.